This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Let me warn you. And let me warn the nation against the smooth evasion that says, of course we believe these things. We believe in social security. We believe in work for the unemployed. We believe in saving homes. Cross our hearts and hope to die. We believe in all tone worked of course we believe in social security work for the unemployed and saving homes actually no self-respecting constitutional republican would ever believe the government should supply any of those things but just as progressives of today like barack obama and hillary clinton their forefather and forebearer of progressivism fdr set up the straw man arguments then set them on fire. And of course, the academia of today continued to worship at the altar of the gigantic government anti-constitutional beast FDR created. I share the view of almost all historians that Franklin Delano Roosevelt is the greatest president of the 20th century. And beyond this, I think that the policies he adopted to deal with this terrible crisis of the Great Depression are the most imaginative, the most creative of any president in our history. A fascinating belief for a supposed historian, because as creative as his bloated government programs were, they certainly unequivocally did not work. Over a decade after implementing his socialized agenda, the New Deal, the United States of America was still mired in the deepest and worst depression in its history. Those programs FDR was so proud of, programs like Social Security, which is, in effect, a legalized Ponzi scheme, has been on the path to insolvency since the day it was signed. Roosevelt spent and regulated like a drunken sailor in spite of criticizing President Hoover on those very same grounds during the 1932 presidential race. And perhaps worst of all, he paid for it all by vastly expanding and steeping the tax code. What was only 400 pages at the start of FDR's administration ballooned to more than 8,200 pages by the end of it. While designed to make individuals and businesses pay their, quote, fair share, end quote, 
it had the effect of stifling economic growth and completely reshaping the economic promise of America from one of individual achievement into one of redistributive equality. The New Deal was designed to relieve suffering and put America on a sustainable and equitable path. But designed is the key word there. The actual effect was something else entirely. FDR, in fact, turned what would otherwise have been a depression into the Great Depression through his attempts at social and financial engineering. From 1933 to 1940, the average annual unemployment rate averaged 18.6%. The economy went on a capital strike as private investment didn't return to 1929 levels until 1941. FDR's constant experimentation created uncertainty, and there's nothing that private companies and stock markets hate more than that. Business was paralyzed as a result. In 1937 and 1938, after brief gains from the depths of the Great Depression, the economy collapsed into a double-dip recession. From 1937 to 1938, industrial production declined by 33%. National income hemorrhaged 13%. Wages went down by 35%. All of this, unsurprisingly, added up to an unemployment rate that rose by roughly 5 percentage points. An estimated 4 million workers lost their job. C.S. Lewis in God in the Dock could have been speaking for millions of demoralized Americans when he wrote, Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. Those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end or they do so with the approval of their own conscience. They may be more likely to go to heaven, yet at the same time likelier to make a hell of earth. Treasury Secretary Henry Morgenthau Jr. may have summed it up best when he said that after eight years of this administration, we have just as much unemployment as when we started, and an enormous debt to boot. So how did Franklin Delano Roosevelt continue to be elected time after time? But fortunately for Roosevelt, the 1940 election had not served as a referendum on the imaginative policies of the past. The nation was still reeling from the effects of the Great Depression. Unemployment, which eight years earlier had stood at 25%, still hovered close to 20%. FDR's victory was secured less for what he had achieved and more as a result of his promise to keep American boys out of the fight against Adolf Hitler which eventually turned out to be yet another promise unkept by FDR. Everyone seemed to be a loser, except for Roosevelt himself. After all, if his primary mission was to consolidate and retain power, his agenda would have been deemed a rousing success. But a simple rousing success was not what he had in mind. He wanted to be thought of as an all-time great. And a world war would be exactly the thing to get him there. In peacetime, spending and regulation were FDR's tonics for fixing what ailed America. But war provided him with an excuse to plan centrally on a far greater scale. And the free world depended on it. If America didn't reform, it would be occupied by Hitler's stormtroopers. 
Hitler himself was known to fantasize about, quote, the downfall of New York in towers of flames, end quote. In March 1942, before the United States had ever even entered the war, FDR warned journalists, Nazi forces are not seeking mere modifications in colonial maps or in minor European boundaries. They openly seek the destruction of all elective systems of government on every continent, including our own. Fear of Nazi occupation, of losing everything we loved. But of course, there was hope. We could avoid war if we only could get our own economic house in order, which, in FDR's telling, meant giving more power to the federal government to regulate business and confiscate private property. Given this context, it shouldn't be too surprising that FDR conferred upon himself unprecedented executive powers after Pearl Harbor, including the right to ignore tariffs, close radio stations, order the military to take over any plot of land, close financial exchanges, and alter labor regulations. The federal bureaucracy boomed. The War Production Board, WPB, was created to direct production and allocate materials and fuel. It converted civilian industries into wartime industries, rationed basic materials, and regulated everything, down to even the quantity of fabrics used in dresses. Vice President Henry Wallace, the former agricultural secretary who supervised the hog-slaughtering AAA, now headed the Board of Economic Welfare, BEW, which procured raw materials. Although the BEW spent $1.2 billion during the war, it was never authorized by law, nor did the Senate ever affirm Wallace's appointment to lead it. Under the BEW, Wallace sought to kill two birds with one stone by internationalizing the New Deal in service of the war. For example, he built rubber plantations in Haiti and Brazil while subsidizing the natives' general welfare. This sounds great until you look at the math. Private industry produced rubber for 30 cents a pound. The rubber from Haiti cost $546 per pound. Wallace, the architect of this debacle and the vice president of the United States of America, was thought by many to be at least a socialist, if not a full-fledged communist. Under these circumstances, how did America navigate its way through the Second World War and finally pull itself out of the Great Depression? More on that in the next episode. Glenn Beck. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.